0: This is Resonance 104.4 FM, flipping marvellous. I'm Nick Hennigan, so there, what can you do about it? And uh, welcome to another episode of Literary London, um, where we're really going to get stuck into the literature of London. Um, It is my great pleasure to welcome once again to uh, Resonance FM and to Literary London, Carl Dalot. I've said that right, haven't I, Carl? Oh, yeah, perfectly. Thank you. I
1: should
0: should have checked. But uh, Carl Dalot, well, uh, poet, writer, critic, and currently champion of an incredible fundraising uh, celebration of the poet WB Yeats. Um, we've already talked about this once before, and we'll talk about it again. But just tell us a little bit about yourself, Carl, what you're up to and where you're from and how things
1: Yeah. Go. OK, well, I, mean, I, I came to um, Bedford Park uh, in Chiswick Um I guess I was about 20 with my then girlfriend, who, who is, uh, in fact, returning from a trip to Paris. Um, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, Anne Marie Fife, who's a poet. Um, we weren't both poets then, although we'd both been dabbling back in Belfast. And um, yeah, so we were kind of attracted to Chiswick because it's such a lovely place. But also, stepping down the, the steps of Turning Green Tube Station, I stepped out and looked round uh, and immediately saw. That this was Bedford Park. I'd had a very good English teacher, Sister Vincentia, who was um, a nun who had been at the very first Yates summer school back in the 50s and was an enthusiast for years. And so I'd learned an awful lot about Yates at A-level. And so I looked at Bedford Park and thought, you know, this is where we want to live. This is where John Butler Yates brought his family up and all that. Well, a lot of years have passed since then, and I've done a number of other things, including broadcasting, writing books of poetry, teaching poetry. So there's a lot of Poetry teaching that anne and I have done around West London and uh, Anne-Marie ran the Troubadour venue at Ernest Court for a long time. Uh, we moved uh, our, our classes and workshops to Chiswick to Arts Ed and of course then um, we've been doing an awful lot more on air uh, since lockdown, as as everyone has. So we still do regular poetry events, and um, I've got one coming up next week with an American poet. One of the things Anne-Marie has focused on is Transatlantic, because Zoom gives you the chance to do that, whereas it wasn't so easy to fly them over from San Francisco to a little basement in Nurse Court. So, I mean, that's basically what we do, is anything to do with poetry. We've run poetry events at the Bedford Park Festival for many years. Um, And one of the very first of those in 1999 was a WB Yeats evening. And we had another WB Yeats evening in 2015, um, celebrating the fact that it was Yeats' 150th birthday with people like Fergal Keane and Rowan Williams and so on there. Uh, And out of that came the idea I, of course, I've been doing Yeats walks, as you know, Nick, because you've you've roadways the 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 roadways and the pavements grey, as Yeats would have put it. That's but a I think, very good um, day
0: too as well. Yeah, we've
1: been doing those for a long time, uh, but of course, you can only get those to so many people. But that brings me on to the next part of our story. So, anything to do with poetry, certainly, anything to do with poetry in West London, uh, though we spend a lot have spent a lot of time in America talking there about Irish poetry, talking about our own poetry. Um, but right now, the big focus is, is on Yeats. Um, and his story in Bedford Park, the fact that he was a, an Irish Londoner, as many of us are. I take it with Hennigan, you're a kind of Irish Londoner yourself.
0: Absolutely, yes. Yes, yeah. from Mayo. My effects are from Mayo. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. But
1: there is a Hennigan's pub in Sligo, which is where Yates' mother came from, and, and people at the Yeats Summer School all adjourned to Hennigan's pub. So uh, <laughs> Hennigan, Hennigan's are, are well-rooted in the west of Ireland.
0: Yeah. I like the sound of that, yes. I've not been there yet, but is there, right. it was that book, was it? I forgot the... The chap who wrote the book about never pass a pub with your name on it. So, oh, right. right,
1: yes, yeah. I mean, I mean, one of the things that we hope will happen, um, it's a bit of a two-way approach. Of course, we want lots of people to come to Bedford Park, but when they read the story, I think an awful lot more people will want to see the landscape and legends and lores that inspired the young Yeats, that gave him such longing for his mother's uh, home place in the west of Ireland, that produced poetry. Of course, his poetry isn't all about longing and so on, but that's kind of the nucleus of it. And so... Uh, One of the things that Bedford Park, the Bedford Park Project will do is, I think, get more people going and experiencing that beautiful wildness, which is the other half of Yeats' life. So there's actually so the, the specific projects that we're talking about now. There's sort of two
0: halves to it, isn't there? So the first thing to say, well, just tell us a bit about W. B. Yates and his connection with London and what Bedford Park's all about, because it's yeah, it's quite a special place. W. Four, isn't it? Where W4, sort of start really? Tube station and turn right. Oh, sorry, Turnham Green Tube
1: station and turn, turn right. right. Yeah, I mean it, it's an interesting story. Um, Yates's father studied. Uh, for the law, but decided he wanted to be a painter. And if you wanted to be a painter in the 19th century, you had to be in London because that's where all the uh, artists, actors, titled heads, etc., were were there to be painted. That's where patronage came from. So he moved rather to his wife's chagrin or unhappiness because she loved the West of Ireland and was very happy and, and thought they would live in, in Ireland. So anyway, they moved here and like many migrant families, and I think this is why Yeats is a kind of a, a, a an almost iconic figure for, for migrant families, they moved from one place to another. They never really settled. Sometimes they'd go back to Ireland. Sometimes they'd send the kids back to Ireland to be brought up by granny, which is not an uncommon experience for exiled families or migrant families. Um, And eventually when they were in Kensington, in rooms in Kensington, um, John Butler had heard a story that an Irish developer, Jonathan Carr, was building this village out in the country. Of course, Chiswick was out in the country then. It was like, it was countryside from Hammersmith to Acton. And Chiswick had always been a place where artists went to, to paint, to uh, write, uh, you know, right, right back sort of as far as uh, Edmund Spencer and so on. Had Chiswick was this lovely pastoral place. And someone was bu- building a village there on arts and crafts principles. So there's a big William Morris thing here. There was a big sense of um, getting back to nature. The village structure, the whole place would be villagey with windy roads and trees but it would also be a community of artists. And so for him, that was absolutely magic because um, he wanted to be among artists. You would think a painter would want to be away from other artists so he could stand out in his own and be noticed. But in fact, they relied terribly much on each other. And it it wasn't just artists, it was intellectuals. There was an underlying feeling of American transcendentalism. Walt Whitman's poetry was the kind of in thing for this generation. This is Yeats' father's generation and young Willie Yates is growing up. Um, so the whole place was built in this idea of a better, a better life than in to- industrial Victorian Britain. Um, he loved it because he was kind of celebrated as a great Irish raconteur and talker and wit and theoriser about art and so on. Um, uh, and his wife was always telling the children stories about Ireland. So there was a great tension there about how lovely Ireland was, and he was just excited to be in the middle of all this. And so the kids grew up with that tension, love of Ireland. Um, the buzz of the capital, the buzz of the artistic community, the wonders of Bedford I mean, Bedford Park, if you think about it, in 1888, building a, a development that had in it a club, a church, a pub. Um, uh, the club admitted men and women on an equal basis, unheard of in London clubs, you know, it had its own sports ground. And um, they were mostly rented houses. So they weren't they, they, they certainly weren't for the very rich. It wasn't Mayfair or Kensington. They weren't for the very poor either. Um, but this was for a sort of a, a lower middle class, arty, bohemian, utopian. And so they were all very egalitarian, anti-imperial and multicultural. So so w. B Yeats, as a young boy, grew up in that magical atmosphere. He writes wonderfully about it, not so much in his poems, but in his autobiography, about how it was a, like a place out of a storybook people dressed like people out of a storybook. And I think there were a lot of eccentrics. I'm not saying there aren't a lot of eccentrics in Chiswick right now, but there certainly were then. So, so he grew up in that atmosphere, and um, that encouraged him to write. And um, so basic, basically, um, he has gone on to be the hero of Irish literature, Ireland's great national poet, although Seamus Heaney, uh, uh, a friend when I was growing up, um, um, became the second great national poet. And there are hundreds, there are Thousands of other great Irish poets, so I say no no disrespect to them all, but yet still is outstanding. Partly because of his wonderful poetry that's that's so loved by ordinary people in Ireland and, and in the English throughout the English-speaking world. But secondly, because the poetry that he wrote in London helped to revive Celtic culture. His sisters were also involved in the craft industry, his brother became a famous modern painter. But he was and, and and through his little dabblings in the Bedford Park Club and going to amateur theatre there, he eventually created the Abbey Theatre, one of the world's most famous theatres. So out of this comes an Irish cultural revival, which in turn accounts for Ireland's place, taking its place among the nations in the 1920s and 30s and becoming an independent country. So Ireland loves him for two reasons, if you like. And London has sort of gone, oh, yes, there was that chap over there somewhere, you know. <laughs> and, and and so... Um, once we find a bit of time to, to really talk about this, and after the great Yates celebrations in 2015, the number of local people who were interested in saying, well, not just great to celebrate Yates, but it kind of proves how Bedford Park fostered Yates, nurtured him, became the crucible that turned that exile's longing into Nobel Prize winning gold. I mean, it is a kind of an alchem- alchemical process. and so. As you say, there, there's a project there. The, the first part of the project was called Celebrate WB Yeats in Bedford Park. And so we were looking for an artist uh, who would envisage that thing. Can can you go to somebody and say, imagine somebody's genius springing up from the very ground he's walking on. Imagine he wants to celebrate gold and silver light as Yeats always did and so on. And we were terribly fortunate because... We launched. We had two launches of the project. One was in the London Buddhist Vihara, which Yeats would have loved because he was fascinated by Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, and so on. Uh, Eastern teaching was very in, in Bedford Park in the 1890s. Um, so we had a launch there. We also had a launch in the Irish Embassy because you can imagine the Irish Embassy are fascinated by the idea that a London suburb wants to celebrate Ireland's national poet as, as, as a school kid, as a kid who grew up there. So we had that launch, and the great Kieran Hines, national theatre actor, but people will probably know him from Game of Thrones or um, from The Terror more recently. Um, so Kieran did some readings for us, and he read He Wishes from the Cloths of Heaven and read those lines about Enwrought with Gold and Silver Light. Um, and Conrad Shawcross, the artist who, who we'd invited to the event, And um, who we liked the idea of Conrad because he's, Yeats was uh, a literary person from an artistic family. And Conrad is an artistic person from a literary family. His father's William Shawcross, an author. His mother's Marina Warner, who is a very famous academic, uh, and a Yeatsian. So he was kind of, we were focusing on him and he came out of that um, lecture and, having listened to Kieran's reading and said he wanted to create something that was enwrought with gold and silver light. And that idea of enwrought is kind of very Victorian William Morrissey, you know, working something out of light, pure light. Um, And so we came up with this beautiful image and we got down into the detail and it was going to cost us. We'd already spent a good deal, something like twenty four and a half thousand on setting up infrastructure, planning permission and so on. uh, Conrad's piece was 135,000, so it took us from March to July to raise that, but phenomenal um, response to that. I mean, if you think about it, people as diverse as Irish Embassy, of course, London Borough of Hounslow, uh, Royal Academy were, were interested in it as, a, as pure artwork, you know. Um, and uh, so, but, but no, loads of local residents, and actors, poets, um, academics, etc. people like uh, Jimmy Page, um, Led Zeppelin guitarist, chipped in you know so many people got involved in this and so we got to july and got finally we've got a sum of money raised in which we can create this literary landmark and then the question hangs over all that so are you still going to do the walking tours and that's where we come on to the second part of it, you know
0: right so yeah. just, it's great it's a sort of a statue isn't it the, the yeah first, i mean how tall is it So
1: i can i can give you a very quick look at it is that yeah please do
0: yes. yeah um, okay, again we're on uh, Residence One Hundred Four Point Four FM. Also on Bohemian Britain, of course, bohemianbritain.com, and on YouTube. And if you're if you're listening on the radio, you'll lo- look very carefully. We're in stereo, and here's going to come a picture of the uh, of the of the uh, uh, WB Yates um, artwork. The artwork.
1: Yeah. If you just let me share a screen
0: there, Nick. Sure. Oh, of course. That's what yeah. I did. Ah, yeah. let me just sort this one out. Uh, multiple
1: participants. There we go. You know, and sorry. what we're looking at is. That's how it's going to look um, outside St. Michael and All Angels Church, just next to Turnham Green Station. And it's a great spiraling gyre. Yeats was interested in how civilization moved in gyres and spirals and so on. Um, For lots of people, it's like a flock of birds spinning up from the ground. It's like uh, autumn leaves being caught in a tussle of wind, the the trees in their autumn beauty. And it's like a a host of angels outside St. Michael and All Angels. Yeats was very influenced. This was their parish church, of course, the Yeats family. Um, And angels were very much in in the William Morris world, the arts and crafts world, and so on. So the actual dedication of the church to St. Michael Mm -hmm. and All Angels, and then Yeats grew up with that, and there are angels all over his poetry. So this is kind of like, it's whatever you want it to be, of course, but it's the spiralling genius, not just of Yeats, but of Bedford Park, whose ideas, whose whose contemporary progressive ideas spiralled up out into the world, and so that's going to be what you see from Acton Green. If you walk across, if you walk up from Turnham Green Tube Station, you will walk past that, and um, yeah. So that that's that's the whole of phase one of the project. That will take until June of this year, Yitz's next birthday, uh, to have that fully installed. There's a great circle. You probably can't see it terribly clearly in the picture, but there's a a circular base. With, oh, uh, with the words of the poem written around it in rot with golden and silver light, the blue and the dim and the dark cloths of night and light and the half-light. So that um, gives you a a, a very uh, quick look. At, and, and, and of course, we can see everybody who's contributed, of course, people from writing to me from Texas and California and Japan are saying, here's a contribution. Oh, and by the way, we'll be along to see it when you unveil it. So we've got At one level, a whole host of um, international, uh, if you like, cultural tourists, but there's nothing wrong with that, uh, because that's what London is very much about. But they're coming to see an Irish poet in the middle of London, as well as all the other literary sites in London. So we're delighted that that's happening. But of course, um, uh, locally, people are are suddenly aware of it and wondering, what's the story with Yeats? And so our puzzle is that you know from the literary works you you take out 10-15 people a couple of times a year and tell them the story and everybody goes and says that's fantastic why don't more people know about it and with the artwork of course they could all come along and read the sign which says roughly what i've been saying to you yeats was came to london at age two the family moved here he went to godolphin school he wrote some poems etc but it's that much on a sign because you can't put up a huge billboard with yeats's whole life on it in fact the bedford park society have a very good uh, information pillar a few yards from where we'll be, which will tell people a lot about Bedford Park and a little about Yates. So we're kind of liaising with that so we don't all double up and so that we send them to look at our sign and so on. Uh, We send people to look at their sign. But um, the big question was, how do you communicate this? And in a sense, to me... It's a shared heritage that nobody has bothered to share. Is it, can you say that? I mean, it's, in other words, everybody here owns a bit of the fact that they live in the place where all these good things happened. And people have tended to, the Bedford Park Society, of course, have been the custodians both of of the ideals of Bedford Park and the fabric of Bedford Park. So it's a conservation area. They make sure that the the place is beautifully preserved and that people understand the architectural history and the aesthetic ideas behind the architectural history. Absolutely. But there's a tendency to say, oh, so-and-so who was an artist lived here and another artist lived here and so on. Many of them, artists, actors, writers, came here after they made a success of their lives and found it a, a good place to be. The difference with Yeats is that he was brought up here. Bedford Park made him. I say that with some caution because Irish friends will be going, "Oh no, that's too big a claim." So you know, but Bedford Park. I mean, I think it's a story for migrants, for, for the capital generally. Lots of people come from different parts of the world in London because of publishing, theatre. Community networks, etc. You have a way of developing your own culture, whether you're from the Caribbean or whether you're from India or, or the West of Ireland. You have a place to develop your own culture, and the capital is interested. The capital is buzzing with that. And you have a chance to give something back to your own culture, as Yeats phenomenally did, and as so many other writers who passed through London did. So, Yeats is kind of, it's, I'm not saying London made me, uh, but Ireland filtered through London. And we often celebrate the Irish contribution to London as all those people who came and built the roads, uh, the nurses, the teachers, the, 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 the road menders, even the, the the cabbies and so on. But that's that's part of the story. The other part of the story is, and you think of every name in English literature, George Bernard Shaw, Oscar Wilde, Terence Radigan, WB Yeats, um, Sean O'Casey, Oliver Goldsmith, uh, Richard Chowden, uh, all uh, Irish. And so had a particular angle on London life and a particular wit and, and creative imagination to bring. So, so it's celebrating uh, London Irishness, but it's also celebrating the fact that, and, and, you know, this this is not getting political, but it is saying London in the late 19th century, or at least Bedford Park, was a place that was open to multiculturalism, was fascinated by Eastern religion, was fascinated by um, regional Irish, Scottish, Welsh, uh, Celticism. There were French painters. Camille Pissarro and his family lived here. In fact, Nudo uh, Rodo Pissarro actually moved into the Yates' house after they left in, in Blenheim Road. So there are all these lovely little stories. There are Ukrainian anarchists. There is Madame Blavatsky, who's a Russian um, theosophist. There are Buddhists and... Um, uh, Manchur uh, G. the second ever British Asian MP in the 19th century, this is not a new thing, lived in Bedford Park. And um, Sarojini Naidu, uh, who was called the Indian Yates, visited the Yeats and her uh, and has father did a portrait of her. So there's a wonderful uh, multi-ethnic aspect and interest in, of course, it was all British Empire then, so naturally people came to London. But that interest was there. And... Uh, that hasn't really been celebrated in bedford park and when you think that ealing so 60% of bedford park is in ealing this is very detailed stuff but 40% in hounslow 60% is in ealing both local authorities are very enthusiastic with the project ealing has the highest number of irish heritage citizens residents anywhere in britain and doesn't really celebrate hasn't really until now celebrated the fact that ireland's national poet lived in ealing now, wrote some of his best poems in Ealing. Um, His mother is buried in Ealing. You know, there's a whole set of family connections there that have somehow got forgotten because the Yeats has moved away and the rest of his life was about Ireland. Of course it was, you know. And the poetry is, of course, international, much wider than Ireland. So that led us to what's the second part of the project? You've got your landmark there. Um, How are you going to tell people um, this story about Yeats? And so we're going in on, you might say, so many different fronts. Um, Obvious ones, um, school work packs for children, which we're developing with local teachers um, so that not only the schools around the area but visiting schools will be able to access those online and give their kids uh, poems to learn, poems to recite, poems that they can understand, because some of Yeats's poems are about age and exile, I mean lots of people in London have parents or grandparents who came from somewhere else, that sense is not unusual. So there are themes there that kids can understand and write their own poems to. So that's a kind of a learning and a creative writing exercise. There will be a public lecture in which we we'll bring lots of community organizations along. Um, there will be an unveiling, of course, in, in which every, it will be public, uh, but there'll be a reception for schools and so on. Um, and then the permanent legacy part of it is that if you come along to this artwork and click on a sign on the sign. There'll be a QR code there and you will get on your smartphone, iPad, tablet or whatever um, a Google guide to Yeats's Bedford Park. Simple as that. Uh, it will give you 10 locations. I have to say two of them are outside Bedford Park. Chiswick Eyad uh, down at the river which is uh, what inspired Yeats to write about the Lake Isle of Inish Free and in Sligo. So, and he's written quite candidly about how that was a trigger for him. And William Morris's Kelm Scott House where Yeats went along to French lessons and political talks And where he met people like Annie Besant, who went on to become the president of the Indian National Congress. I mean, Bedford Park and and Hammersmith were really outgoing places then. So there are 10 points on the walk. Uh, It will take you with Google directions. When you get to a particular location, you'll look up and see the building. You'll see an image of the building, maybe as it was in 1890. You will see a little short, a little talk about um. building and yeats's context there why he was interested in the bedford park club how he was involved with how the family were involved with st michael and all angels church and how it inspired him how his brother went to an art school where arts ed is now so each of those little talks and then a yeats poem that's in context that's related to that place um and so um basically it's like doing the yeats walk on your own or in a group as long as you've got what practically everyone has now, um, or many people have, which is some kind of phone, iPhone, et cetera. And for me, that is one of the biggest things, is that the people, lots of people have iPhones who have never gone on a literary walk, as you and I have, Nick. Um, there are lots of people who have, have smartphones who have never paid to go into a writer's museum or read about the history of some guy who was writing in the Victorian period. There are lots of people who have access to personal devices, um, who wouldn't actually sit through a Yitz lecture in a church hall uh, or a university? And so it's those people. It's their heritage. It's their heritage as Londoners, as as Chisikers, as as Ealing and Hounslow people, um, as as many people in London are migrants or or the children of migrants or just ordinary folks who've never been told that the place they're living had this kind of dynamic explosion of ideas. So um, the permanent legacy, backed by those local authorities and all the people who've helped this is the Yates Walk is on tap 24-7, 365 days a year um, for anybody who wants to experience it. And I think that's a great
0: the, opening no, up. Did you always have that in mind when you were coming up with the first the sort of statue? Was, was it in the back of your mind that part two would include
1: this interactive? Yes, but it, but it takes a long time to formulate it. You, yeah. It's hard It's hard to say. I mean, one of the things is you could put all this on a website now and say, there's a story about Yates on a website. We want people to come to Chiswick we want them to walk around and see the buildings and understand how that atmosphere influenced them rather than a dry two pages of the website. We've already got a fairly good website. Bedford Park Society have a great website. Um, that's not what it's about. It's about coming here and experiencing a poetry place. The relationship between poetry and place, if you think of Wordsworth in the Lake District, if you think of Seamus Heaney in Mid-Ulster, um, if you think of Charles Cosley down in um, Devon Cornwall Borders, There is a relationship between poetry and place and much as you read about it, you don't experience it. And and that's why I'd also advocate people someday going to the west of Ireland and standing, looking up at Ben Bull this most majestic mountain, you know, or standing on the shore at at Ross's Point. But, But standing and looking at the leafy avenues of Bedford Park and thinking of Victorian London and its smoldering, smoky industrial railways and all that, and thinking this was a kind of a pastoral paradise that would allow a writer to develop. I mean, there's a lesson there too, in terms of how the community allows a writer to develop. Writers aren't, as I think I might've believed when I was younger, somebody who sits alone in a garret and it all comes out of their brain, you know. Writing is a, of course it's an individual thing, but it comes out of being supported by a group, a network of writers. And that—that that seems to me that Bedford Park expresses that perfectly. The right kind of neighbourhood, the right kind of community, produces stunning creativity. That's the story. Yeah, yeah I'd take a long time telling it, but but it'll be much—it'll be in much smarter, smaller pieces and. And that's why somebody can sample the walk and and leave a bit of it out or take as much, and not everyone will do down to the river and across to Scott House. There'll be a nucleus and and a couple of outliers. That's inevitable in anybody's story. Yeah, Um, I mean, I
0: I still, we still run, I mean, pre-COVID, we still run, I wrote the London Literary Pub Crawl, uh, which goes out in Soho and Fitzrovia. And you can just see the the effect on the people that come on that is to be in the same, in the proles pub but you know yeah, absolutely that sensation you can't really replicate and yeah. and of course the important thing you're still raising money for this right so so Are so you? what we've
1: got to do I mean we've had a fantastic start because we got all this lined up and Ealing helped us with their future reading plan uh, that it says fundraising rather like the space high fundraising we did last year they've put in 8,000 As of today, we've got just under 16,000 so far. So in four weeks, lots of people have chipped in. I have to say, a number of them are people who who had chipped in before uh, for the artwork, but can see the other side of this project. And so we're we're actually... um, doing quite well money-wise, but want anybody, and I, I guess you would put a, a link when you put this up on YouTube. Well, but we'll do. You,
0: well, we're up, yes, we're on London Literary Pub Crawl YouTube. We're on uh, Bohemian oh, Brits. Sorry.
1: Uh, yes, sorry. No,
0: that's okay. It's, it's all yeah. over the place. If you're listening yeah. on Residence FM and you want to see Callow and the lovely musical instruments that are behind you, which we won't really have time <laughs> to talk about now, but they look fantastic, then uh, do go to, to uh, London Literary Pub Crawl uh, YouTube or go to bohemianbritain.com and um, so where can we find out more than culture for that time again
1: where can people go to, to find out more and to help support you well uh, on the space hive site uh, if if we can put that link up for people on our on our website www.wbyatesbedfordpark.com and that will lead you to the space hive site which is the fundraising site um, and um if if you go on twitter it's at Yeats Bedford Park that's at Y E A T S B E D F O R D P K so at Yates Bedford Park not only is the story of the fundraising there but little bits of little bits of the story of Yeats and who he knew and and what he did on a certain day in 1889 and so on we've been building that up so there's a lovely story there that you can follow on Twitter and, and oh, of course, the more brilliant. people you put on Twitter, the better.
0: Thank you. That's brilliant. What a great story. Well, good luck with it all. It's wbyatesbedfordpark.com or yatesbedford.com pk on so yeah. we'll put those links on the, yeah. on the on on youtube and on bohemian britain We've run out that time again now but carl thank you so much for coming and talking us fantastic back. to have the chance to
1: talk again that um, we'll, we'll have to do All a right.
0: third update later at some point you, you'll hear
1: more from us yes it, it's really important work. thanks for thanks your help very much yeah.
0: uh, this is literary london i'm nick hennigan on
1: residence 104.4 fm